0: Welcome to the Wind Daily Podcast. We had a nice July 4th. It's late July 4th, so we still have some fireworks going on. We got dogs barking in the background. It's me, Jason Mizrahi, with Matt Striker. Matt, how you doing today?
1: What's up, man? By the rocket's red glare, the bomb's bursting in air.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're in New York, so uh, we got a lot of fireworks going on in the background. A lot of idiots in the streets lighting on fireworks. So you might hear some fireworks, dogs barking. And stuff like that. But we're going to talk about this Friday, July 5th slate. We got 13 games. It was a weird July 4th. You know, I remember playing July 4th in the past, and it was always like a a good slate. But the way these slates broke down, it was like, it was only half the teams were playing, and there was three different slates, and it just happened to be every slate was disgustingly bad with pitching and matchups. (laughs) It was was like a terrible day for fantasy, in which July 4th usually is the opposite, where you have – you know, a nice strong slate in, you know, the early afternoon and a nice strong slate at night. And I, I'm trying to remember. I don't got the best memory in the world, but it's probably the most terrible um, July 4th slate I've ever seen. But we're going to talk about the July 5th slate, uh, which is Friday. And we're going to start off in Washington. we got the young kid Voth going against Keller. Um, two pitchers, you know, Voth came out his first start, pitched well. nobody's really on him. Second start in a, in a cake matchup versus Detroit kind of got uh, lit up a little bit, got out of the game after four to third. Can we go back to Voth at home uh, versus these Kansas City bats?
1: Uh, no, there's, there's no arms play here with either both or, or Brad Keller. There could be a Nats bat stack if you wanted to, but again, it's the first game we're talking about. So I want to look at the rest of the slate, but if I'm doing anything here, it's, it's Nationals bats.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're right on that. I think the Nats bats are where you want to go. Both is interesting though. You know, 6,400, he's going to have, it's a, it's a large slate. Ownership is going to be skewed down because he's coming off a bad start. Probably one of your, your top five value players. We're going to talk about a couple other guys that are you know, have a higher ceiling than him. But he might be safe for 25, 30 points if you feel the need to go there. I won't hate the pick. But like Matt said, it's, it's a large slate. So let's see if we can pick something else out here um, in one of the later games. But, you know, from the, from the bat standpoint, Matt Adams, Juan Soto, Rendon's been hot. Turner, every time he's facing a righty, he's kind of somebody that's going to throw one little nugget out there. You know, we usually want the platoon split. But with a speedster like Turner, it's almost you want him to face a righty, hopefully he gets on base, and then steals second base, because that easy can happen with him. So I don't mind playing Turner in my stack. So a Turner, um, Soto, Adams, Rendon stack is definitely in play here. Um, but, you know, we got to see what else is on the slate. So we'll get back to that. The second game we got going, we have uh, Steven Brault versus Zach Davies. Um, we've been telling everybody in premium that things changed throughout the season. You know, first couple of weeks, you want to stack Milwaukee every single day of the week, no matter who they're facing, because it's blowing teams up. But these last couple of days, we were, everybody in premium slack was pretty much on Sonny Gray. And he was under 10% owned. He went out there and pitched probably the best game he pitched in like four or five years. Um, so these, these bats are, are attackable are they attackable with Stephen Brull I don't think so but you know I'm not going to really stack against them either because they've been, they've been slowing down here I don't really see much of a play here Josh Bell one off is definitely in play you know at all times but I can't pitch either of these pitchers uh, from a hitting standpoint do you like either team for a stack or is it just a one off here or there with a guy like Josh Bell or Christian Yelich?
1: So, uh, I'm a little disgruntled because I got it inside out uh, in the Pirate-Cub game, and, and I thought I saw it one way and it came out, it came out the other way in the wash for the Cubbies. Um, I, I, these, both these teams are kind of herky-jerky. I guess you're almost obligated to see what Pittsburgh gives you as, as a hot lineup. Maybe you can get some bats, but I don't know, man. They pitches pitch well. I would just stay away from this altogether because I don't want to be forced to make a play that I'm not comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's a stay away spot. I think it's going to be better. There's definitely better pitching matches. I'm not touching either of these pitchers, but there's a possibility maybe to get a one-off like Josh Bell or somebody else. But for the most part, I think you're staying away. Um, the next game we could probably get some bats here. You know, on the opposite side of what I just said about the Brewers, I went the first three or four weeks of the, of the season. I'm like, these Toronto bats are, are shitty, you know, excuse my French, but they're losing me money. I'm staying away. Guerrero is not the real deal, and things are starting to change now. Um, Their bats are waking up. Dylan Bundy is a a pitcher that can get blown up, lets up home runs, has shaky outings, and his Baltimore bullpen, we know, is pretty terrible for the season, one of the worst in the league. So I think Toronto's in play. Are they my number one stack? No, but they're definitely in play um, for either one-offs or stacks. And he might be able to be sneaky here and grab a couple of bats against Sanchez as well. Um how do you feel about a Blue Jays stack against Dylan Mundy? Yeah, it's
1: it's one of the if I'm playing three lineups today, it's definitely going to be part a big part of one of my lineups. It'll be around Vlad, it'll be Kevin Biggio. Danny Jansen is swinging a hot stick. Uh Guri Lordy's playing well. There's just there's a lot of options here for me. And also on the other side as far as Anibal Sanchez goes, yeah, he walks a lot of guys. I wouldn't sleep on, and it may not have to be in the same lineup, but I wouldn't sleep on looking at some kind of probably cheap Orioles stack. I don't know if it's a, it's a back-of-the-lineup kind of stack or if it's something sneaky, but you might be able to take advantage of a guy that gives up a lot of walks.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of bats in here that you can definitely, you know, grab some value on both sides. I think Dwight Smith at 2,900 on Baltimore makes some sense for sure um glad you know vlad is 3200 he's pretty cheap rio ruiz if he gets to start he's 2300 so you know from a one-off standpoint you know on the baltimore side there's a yeah. couple guys so if you fill out your lineup you have four guys from one lineup, three guys from the other lineup you want to just slide one guy in there cheaply you know there's a lot of cheap bats on both sides of this game justin right. is starting to hit a little bit better he's 2800 you know you mentioned what's uh, what's
1: hansel alberto uh priced
0: um. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, give me one second here. Because
1: I mean, he's hitting like three seventeen. His strikeout rate is is minuscule. I, I don't know if it again. Maybe not in this lineup. You build something around him on the cheapy cheapy. He, and he's twenty eight hundred. he's twenty eight hundred.
0: He makes some sense. Like I said, Telez and Jansen twenty four hundred, twenty five hundred. Smoke is twenty eight hundred. Um, Biggio's the only guy that's going to be expensive. Um, yeah, everybody well, else is going to be like 3,200 and below. Um, Galvis hit a nice. home run again, um, so he's in play. So it's a, it's going to be an underowned stack, which I think could come into play. So keep an eye on it. Um, definitely something you want to you know stay on top of because I think it could be an option um, for for our stack. Yeah. Now we have a game that I'm probably going to stay away. Um, it's a tricky game. You know, I know you think the Mets suck, but i like to get your take on these Yankees. You got Tanaka, who either pitches a nine-inning shutout or he has rough starts here and there. And then you got this young stud, Brendan McKay, who likes to swing bats and strike people out, who got bats in her hands. They're both kind of cheap. They're both kind of interesting from a pitching standpoint, but they're both going against pretty strong offenses. So you're the Yankee scout. Um, what do you do with Tanaka? Eight thousand dollars. He's a great value play. McKay is seventy-one hundred. Another great value play. I think they come in. If you're not going on the top end of, you know, the ground Verlander, or Kershaw, or Grinky, you got to make a choice between Eduardo Rodriguez, Tanaka, fans, maybe a guy like McKay or Vaughn. So how do you how do you see this game lining up? What how, what what score does this game end of? as the hounds begin to bark and
1: bellow. Like, honestly, it's amazing. Uh, there's a lot here because, for instance, I, I want to watch K against Yankee back, so I want my money on it. That I can't promise you. But it's definitely something I want to sit back and watch. And I, I just think the closer you get to the break, I think the Yankees start to realize how far ahead they are. They play with a little bit, bit more humorous, a little hmm. more cocky. I, I, I don't know. So uh, I, I take my money off this game, but this is going to be a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah. Can you pitch either of these guys? Like, What do you project Tanaka mm, no. or McKay doing here? No. No. Nah, you no, you staying away? Give, give me Give me other options. Yeah, no. I, wouldn't yeah, I can't pitch, pitch. I, McKay. I think Tanaka's interesting. No. No, I, I still think... Yeah, but his
1: arm falls off every time he throws you, hold your breath. He either, like you said, he gives you four innings and stinks. And didn't he just have like a little baby? Or he gives you a gem of eight. I just, you know, look at this.
0: You know, I don't know if this makes any sense to you, but I just want to say it to you. First off, he's 8,000 (laughs) miles on Fando, so he's definitely in play there. Um, His last start versus Tampa, he's not going to repeat, but we got to take it into account. Nine innings, 10 Ks no earned runs, dropped 67 points. They start before that versus Tampa. Hear me out. Six innings, six Ks, no earned runs, dropped 40, quality start. The game before that in Tampa, he's faced them three times this year. Seven innings, seven Ks, one earned run, dropped 49 points. That's a pretty large sample size. You know, three times this year, he either went into Tampa or one time. You know, two times at home, one time at Tampa, You know, he just lit him up. So, they're obviously not seeing him right. But he is coming off a game in London, which he was pretty terrible. But that was every pitcher who pitched in London just got lit up because of that stadium or whatever the case may be. Maybe they juiced up the ball just to, you know, get these London, you know, fans to like the game of baseball after 100 years. But, you know, he's been good, though. You know, he's... Yeah, no,
1: with with those numbers that... that you line out honestly. That makes me one thing. That I'll never. I'll say this about myself as a, as a DFS player, as a gambler, whatever. I'm always willing to listen to somebody. if I think they might know more than me. And those those statistics you laid out for me, if I look at them, you know, blindly, you might be right. Especially for his price point today on on FanDuel, you may have sold me to go the other way. That I might I might make it to knock a Tanaka place or build the lineup around look, him. Look, you so, know, for the captain.
0: Yeah, look at this right now. We'll get into it, but from a from a price standpoint, you got Tanaka at eight thousand, or you got Verlander versus the Angels at eleven thousand, or Degrom versus Philadelphia at ten seven, or Kershaw what's versus San Eduardo Diego, Rodriguez? a lot of power righties at ten two. You know, he's going to be in that ball. What's Eduardo
1: Rodriguez though? Because I think I could spend. on other, that.
0: Other, that's the other guy that's really going to be a uh, I think a, a really tight comparison. Um, he's coming up in the next game. He's 8,100 going into Detroit. Um, I think it's a very close call for me. I think Tanaka, you know, he has a little bit more consistency. He doesn't have a 4.7 on ERA like Rodriguez does. Um, but, you know, he lasts a little bit longer in the game. But like you said, you never know. You never know when Tanaka's arm's finally going to fall off. And you never know when... And while Rodriguez is gonna go out there and walk six guys. So it's kinda of like the same thing. You know, just doesn't go past six, seven innings in most games because his pitch count goes up too high. But Detroit's uh they've been hitting a little bit better of his late, but they're definitely an easier matchup than Tampa. So I would do the safe play in my eyes is the team that you wanna build a value pitcher around, I would just say go like 50-50 with Eduardo Rodriguez and, and the other 50% of them go with Tanaka. So at least, you know, you're playing GPPs. You're taking chances anyway. So, you know, split up the deck and go half on one side, half on the other because they're basically priced the same.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would want to go more a, a little bit on Rodriguez and build the lineup around that. And then as I look down at the rest of the slate, there are still other guys that I, I want to look at. So uh, let's move on to to the next games. You mentioned it was DeGrom, right? He faces Velasquez. Philly comes to, to visit the Mets.
0: Before we get there, um, you got to talk about J.D. Martinez. Um, you got to talk about these Boston Bats. You know, Gregory Soto, he's not going to last long in this game. 8.66 ERA. He lasted at maximum four innings. The Detroit bullpen is probably beleaguered after the series versus, versus the White Sox, couple you know doubleheader, extra inning games. So I think this this Boston stack is probably going to be one of your best of the night. Um, especially JD, he's been swinging a really hot bat. I love Devers. I've been playing him every day pretty much for the past yeah. two weeks. The guy's on fire. Even though it's lefty lefty, I, I don't expect it um, this pitcher to being long. Um, Bogarts, best shortstop on the slate. I wish Betts broke out, um, but he's not that expensive, I guess, at 4,300. So I think uh, Betts, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers stack is definitely in play. And then if you can maybe get a value play like Eduardo Nunez or, you know, somebody else, Michael Chavez, you know, maybe go cheap on the last spot instead of Betts because he's been kind of cold. Christian Vasquez has turned into one of the best hitting catchers in the league right now. So there's other ways to build out the stack, but I think Boston's definitely in play from a hitting perspective. And like we just said, Rodriguez is definitely in play. Um, The game you wanted to speak about, DeGrom, Velasquez, what do you make of DeGrom? Is he the ace on the slate? Is he going to go out there and and finally pitch a, a complete game gem?
1: No, he's not the ace on the slate, and it's not because I dislike the team. He's actually one guy that I genuinely do like and wish he would freaking get traded. Uh, He's not the ace on the
0: slate. He's not going to the Yankees. Stop thinking that, all right? I didn't
1: even say it. I said, I said nothing about the Yankees. I'm just thinking if a, I'm making it up, a team like the Reds makes a big push, and they, they, they grab him or they grouse teasing Scott that Jason Vargas will go to the Reds at the trade deadline. But, no, uh, DeGrom is good. It just stinks that he plays on such a horrendous, awful ball club.
0: <laughs> so, what, what do you have him pegged for, you know, on, on Friday night? Does he go out uh, there? And it, is, he the is, top, yeah. is he the top arm? Do you put him ahead of Verlander and Kershaw? Yeah. Verlander's playing the yeah. Angels. Kershaw's playing the Padres. Where do these three guys stack up for you?
1: No, no.
0: Uh, Julio Tehran
1: is someone I'd rather put in the discussion beyond that. And then Kershaw has San Diego. Uh, I want to look at those things before I look at DeGrom at home against the Phillies. I I don't know. Maybe because it's just too close to home. I I can't bet on it. I think,
0: think you know, for whatever reason, my gut's telling me if I'm going to pay up, it's probably DeGrom over Kershaw. Versus San Diego. And the way these Angels have been hitting, I think I put DeGrom over Verlander as well. Philly doesn't really scare me too much. So if I'm going to pay up, it's, it's probably DeGrom over the other two. But I well, really like this on, spot. Me, Say look, that? You don't
1: think that San Diego strikes out. The, they, are, they have the fourth most strikeouts as a team in the league. You don't think that this is a night that Kershaw... Strikes out 15 guys, and, oh, he's so great again.
0: You can't no see that happening? 15, man. No, way, right. no way, no way, right. no how. I don't see a 15-gamer out of a Kershaw. I think those days are, are long gone. You know, he might pitch a no-hitter, you know, one time in the next three or four years before he finishes his career, but those high strikeout games, I just don't think he has it in, in him no more. But, you never know, you know um, any way you want to stack these stinky – Lefty Mets versus Velasquez, like a, a McNeil Conforto um, Alonzo Dominic Smith stack, possibly. Uh, I wouldn't
1: make it such a heavy stack if I am gonna see. I'm not blinded by my hatred for the putrid team. I will see. Look at Alonzo. Look at McNeil, and and look to play them. I could play a mini, or I can add a Conforto, but I wouldn't go deeper than that. I don't. I'm not in love with the lineup against Velasquez. I'm not in love with the lineup. Period.
0: Okay. Makes sense. So I think it's DeGrom or or Bust here um, for this game. Um, Tehran, pitching at home. Miami's been better. He's going to get the win most likely because Atlanta's just, you know, been playing great ball all around, hitting, pitching, you know, they're a tough team to beat right now. So I think Tehran's in line for the win. Atlanta's been playing, you know, as an extreme hitter's park with that heat and humidity. It's probably going to be hot again Friday night. Ball's flying out on Thursday. Um, how safe do you feel with Tehran at 7,500? Radium between Tanaka and Eduardo Rodriguez. Because I think the way I'm looking at this slate, I'm pitching one of these three These three guys. These are the three guys I'm targeting. I'd rather take the discount than pay up. Um, how do you see Tehran doing at home versus Miami.
1: So, Tehran is one of the guys that I will build the lineup around today for July the 5th. Uh, I want you to tell me the difference between Eduardo Rodriguez and Julio Tehran's price on FanDuel.
0: 7,500 Tehran, 8,100 Rodriguez, 8,000 Tanaka.
1: Yeah, I'm paying I'm 7,500 to me is the value here. Uh, I just like him in that spot at that number. As far as Brave Bats, uh, maybe, although, I mean, Yamamoto, he's got that, he's got a kooky little, like, slider. I mean, nobody hits that thing.
0: Yeah, um, the guy's been good, man. Think- the guy's been better than I ever thought he'd be. You know, we kind of joked around about him the first time he went out there and pitched a great game. We joked about him again. He pitched another great game. But I can't pitch anybody against Atlanta right now, especially in Atlanta. You know, maybe... So maybe it's just Tehran
1: and that's it. Yeah, it,
0: it, it's Tehran and... I can always play a Freddie Freeman. I can always play an Acuna, Donaldson. They don't raise his price. He just stays around this 3000 3, marker and keeps hitting home runs all day. So I think Atlanta stack is still in play against Yamamoto. I know he's been good, but this is a different team right now. These guys are just hitting and hitting and hitting. So I have no problem with Atlanta stack um, on Friday night. Martin Perez, 6,900 pitching at home against Adrian Sampson. Um, Minnesota is going to be in play here. Does Perez go out there and, and sneakily go under own and, and pitch a, a 30, 40-point game? He's coming off a good start um, against Tampa. Seven innings, six Ks, two earned runs, quality start. Um, what do you what do you see playing out with Perez? Can he go up there and compete with these Eduardo these I- Rodriguez and Tanaka, or is he you know, a nice level below he's 6,900. So take that into account. Um, how do you feel about him? 6,900
1: is, is enticing. It's, it's the siren, the whisper. It's the lady tapping on the glass. Um, and if you get that good for you, but uh, see te- Texas bats have been pretty potent, but I and give a park adjustment too for hot Texas. But now they go to Minnesota. Uh, I think the bats kind of do quiet down. Perez is in a nice little spot here. And uh, twin bats could get to Samson, although I like Samson I like Gerardo on that staff uh, in general. But I think there's a twin bat play and uh, you might be able to make a fourth lineup out of a $6,900 Martin Perez.
0: Yeah, I think so. I really do. I think he gets to win. Um, I like to attack Texas with a lefty, so I don't have to really worry about the platoon matchup with Chu Mazzara, um, Calhoun, and now Gallo's back. So that kind of Helps me out there. You have some K potential with Gallo back in the lineup too. So, you know, with a Gallo back, he might put fear in some people, but he also could help with some Ks. So I think Perez, another there's a lot of value pitching on this slate. I would not, you know, I'm not going to pay yeah. you up on the slate. I'm going to take the value. You know, maybe a couple games I'll, I'll spread the love. But right now it looks like I'm going to make four different lineups with these four cheap uh-huh. pitchers and then maybe make a lineup or two with the top two or three guys and, you know, spread the love around. Minnesota stack, I'm going to stay away. I think Samson, like you said, has been pretty good. So there's no real need to go there. Now you got to talk about Verlander. Um, Verlander's going against, you know, these Angels at home. Looks like Felix Peña is going to get the start. Verlander's been good, but not great. You know, as of late, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. I think he needs some rest, you know, during his All-Star break, kind of come back for this playoff push and his World Series run um, that Houston wants to go on. So I'm going to stay away. I don't hate the play. It's Justin Verlander. He's got a beautiful wife, and he knows how to play baseball for the past 15 years. So, you know, he's always in play for me. He's faced these these Angels once and had a good game, not great, let up four earned runs, you know, in L.A., he got the 7Ks, but, you know, it wasn't his best game of the year. So I'm going to stay away. I think there's too much value on the slate, but... You, you, you can't tell me you're going to pitch Joseph Verlander and have me sell you off him. I think on the backside of things, definitely, you know, we'll like to get some some Houston bats. You know, Alvarez will probably be back in the lineup now um, that we get the DH again. Um, Springer's been good. Bregman's been great. Altuve, not so much. Gary L has been on fire um, coming out of Colorado. So there's a lot of different ways to play this Houston stack, but I think it's going to be one of the top stacks of the slate. You want to break down Verlander's wife, his pitching potential Uh, uh, here, or Houston Stack? Your choice.
1: uh, she's, She's a lovely human being. I interviewed her when I worked at SI Now, actually. And it's funny. I dropped the baseball question. And then she like went into her little dressing room, and the PA heard that she called him and said, oh, one of the guys asked about the Cy Young or something. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, that's my story on that. Uh, dude, Verland is dope, bro. He's sub-3 ERA, He's ridiculous. Uh, yes, Astro Bats, considering that the Angels will go with a starter. The Angels were playing Inspired before. Uh, You know, all of the news happened. Anytime you can grab a Trout-Otani Ota- mini stack or if you wanted to get cute and do something like a 9-1, like a Fletcher-Calhoun or something like that, do a 9-1 but not against Verlander. So maybe just Houston bats here and then uh, sit back and watch some good baseball.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, we got this game with Granky pitching at home versus Santatella. Granky's in a weird spot here. He's 9,400. He's priced above the value, guys, and cheaper than, you know, the so-called aces. He's versus Colorado at home. Guy's been, you know, 2.9 ERA, Mr. Consistent this year. He's had a couple rough starts in his last couple, but it's been against Los Angeles and Colorado. Kind of got lit up at home versus Colorado, 11 hits, and he lasted seven innings, but gave up five earned runs. So he's in a weird spot. Um, I'm going to probably stay away. I'm not scared of Colorado, you know, being that they're not in course field, but at 9,400, I don't know. It's like if I, if I want the upside, I'm going to go with the ground probably. If I want the value, I'll drop down to one of the 8K guys. Sell me on Granky or, or tell me I'm right and, and go up or go down from Granky's price at
1: 9.4. Yeah, the only way you can sell yourself on Granky is that if you find that you build a lineup. That forces you to go at that price point again. I mean, this point, is a total yeah. this, is, this is a totally different show, but everyone builds a lineup differently. What do you do first? Do you do a pitcher first? Do you do a utility guy first? Like everyone's got a different way around it. So, other than that, because of his price point, just like you said, and I guess maybe it's just how I was raised, for an extra X hundred dollars, I'll go this way and then find a way to make it fit somewhere down in my lineup. So, so that's how I would approach this cranky thing it's it's not for me but you do what you want
0: yeah i like the strategy you know you know matt brings up a good a good point you can build any way you want you know but if you're at a point where you really like the stacks you have or the 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 bats you have and you happen to fall in that nine nine point four nine point seven range you know and you can't get up to kershaw or Degrom, and you really love all your bats and the research you did on the bats cranky is a good pitcher you know, he has just as much potential to go out there and, you know, shut down these these Rockies than I think, you know, the guys above him and the guys below him. He's a professional. It's, it's DFS. You never know what's going to happen. It's not like you're taking, you know, a guy like uh, Yamamoto, you know, versus Atlanta. You're, you're taking Zach Greinke. He's been doing this for years. So I like the call. It makes a lot of sense to me. You know, then if you want to mess around and get your favorite pitcher, you know, make a one-off play you know, with the secondary lineup. That's what these secondary lineups are built to do. So if you're if you're only making one lineup, you know, for baseball, you know, it's not a bad approach. I've had my best nights where I just made one lineup. But if you are got a multi enter switch it up, you know, take a couple of pitches that you think ha- could have potential for a good night and don't just load up all on one pitcher. And then he goes out there like Soroka and he gets lit up the first inning, you know, on Thursday night. He's still hung in there, but not what you were expecting, you know, when you're paying up for him. A um, couple of late games here. On the 10-10 game, got Brett Anderson versus Kikuchi. Kikuchi's been kind of back and forth, terrible and okay (laughs) as of late. You know, Oakland is in play. I always, you know, get thrown off by these Oakland-Seattle matchups. You know, I don't like playing people in Oakland or Seattle because it's not a hitter's park. You know, there will be days where they they kind of go off, but I think there's better games. Um, Obviously... You know, guys like Chris Davis, always in play. Marcus Semien always in play. I think they get forgotten here. Chapman in play. You know, even lefty-lefty with Olsen, they're not expensive. I think they go under-owned. Um, I think they're in play. I just don't know if I'll have them myself. Can you sell me on these Oakland bats playing in yeah. Seattle versus uh, a weak lefty in Kikuchi?
1: So, first of all, it's you say Kikuchi, I say kikuchi kuchi Koo. Number two, what I like to do is I like to look at a team's last ten games. I look at teams that are like seven and three and higher, eight and two. And then I break down two players on those teams that are doing it. For Oakland, those two guys are Loriano and Chapman. Any way you can build around them or maybe use them as a one-off, this is a perfect time for it. I'm with you. I don't love attacking Seattle. I don't love attacking Oakland. But in this particular ingredient melting pot, I think Kikuchi struggles – these two guys successes there might be something there for you if that's what you're looking for
0: yeah i think they're under owned stack you know and to win these tournaments you got to take the stack you really love and you know sometimes pair it with a stack that you like but you think it's going to be under you know a guy like chapman that we talk about 3,800 you know it doesn't break the bank um semian 3,400 doesn't break the bank chris davis Um, he's 3,300. He's rather cheap. Probably one of the best value bats if he decides to heat up again You know guys you mentioned like lariano he comes cheap as well So there's ways to get exposure to this lineup rather cheap and they're good as one-offs And you know, they're good for under own stack. So, you know, especially in the late slate, You want to play this late slate by itself? You know, I think they're both in play now Let's talk about your boy Clayton Kershaw um, the lefties facing another lefty in Lauer uh, playing at home. You you say, you know, maybe we can see a game where he goes out there and strikes out more than seven, eight guys, but he hasn't done it yet this year. You know, his peak has been eight. His peak score was 52 versus Pittsburgh earlier this year, but he's been kind of falling in that 30 to 45 point range um, as of late. So, you know, he's faced San Diego, let's see, in, at May, in May 14th. Um, Let up 3 earned runs, five Ks, and in seven innings. And he also played them on May 3rd. 3 earned runs again, six Ks. So he's looking at like a 35, 40-point game. I don't even think he's got a guaranteed win here because lowry has been good. So I don't see a reason to play, Kershaw. You said there's some K upside here. So talk about Kershaw. Uh, what's he priced at? Ten two. So he's you know, he's priced below the ground by five hundred, below Verlander by eight hundred, and then above Granke by eight hundred, and you know, at least two thousand above um Arriguez, Tanaka, Perez, or right. Tehran.
1: So again, depending on how you personally do your thing. If you do four lineups, you do one is chalk with a top-tier pitcher. The second one is a second-tier pitcher, a third one. And then the third and fourth one, you do whatever. If you – it's your preference here also. It's the late game. Uh, I was kind of only kidding when I said, you know, he strikes out 15 or whatever. San Diego has a potent lineup. Don't, don't, don't get me started on the Fran Reyes my grandpa would say, but yeah. so there's a lot of things in Machado Tatis. There's a lot of bats that can do harm there. So uh, if you want to pay up, he could be a top tier guy, a tier one guy, but maybe, maybe DeGrom is better off in that spot. Um, I don't know. Now, now I'm off it. See, look so at you, you man. You, You're manipulating you, me tonight.
0: You say, I do this to you every, every show. So I must do this to you again. Price not included. Rate Verlander, DeGrom, Kershaw. Who has the best game? Who has the second best game? And who has the worst game out of them three? Uh,
1: Verlander, Kershaw, DeGrom.
0: So Verlander versus the Angels has the best game. Kershaw, second best. And DeGrom, third best. Yeah. And that's unbiased, med-hating, uh, <laughs> It'll, West, right? I-
1: Listen, as a school teacher, I know that it works its way into uh, to my schema. I, what is that? It's with Erickson or Bronfenbrenner? I don't know. It's my, my circle of influence. So I can't say that it doesn't have anything to do with it.
0: All right. So let's go into the last game of the slate. You know, a lefty who strikes out more guys than Clayton Kershaw. Um, yes, you you hear it right. Drew Pomerantz. Yeah, Seven right. Ks in his last start. Eleven Ks in the start before it. Do you know how many innings it took him to strike out 11 Colorado bats, you know, two starts ago? Take a guess. How many? I am
1: five,
0: five innings. He struck out 11 Colorado Rocky bats in five innings, and he struck out seven Arizona bats in five innings. So how many righty Cardinal bats will he strike out um, in, in this start at 7,300? We you got to take the guy into account. This this pocket here between Rodriguez, Tanaka, Perez, Pomerantz, Tehran, you know, it got bigger now because Pomerantz is in there now. So it's five extreme value guys in the sixty nine hundred to eighty one hundred range that I think are all playable, man. I really do. Pomerantz, yeah. you know, St. Louis has been terrible. You know, Goldschmidt, worst year of his career. Um Matt Carpenter, I.L. He wasn't doing anything to to begin with. Dijon not hitting. Jose Martinez kind of hitting. Ozuna
1: out. They moved him up to the number two spot. But yeah, yeah I, I hear
0: you. This lineup is nothing that scary. It's a pitcher's park. Um, I like Pomerantz more than Hudson. And, I, I, and I'm scared to tell you this, but I like the Giants bats more than the Cardinals here. This guy... uh have you seen this guy Dickerson, man? This guy just does not get out. Like, he just keeps yeah. hitting and, and hitting and hitting. So, you know, I, can you pitch Pomerant safely at 7,300?
1: Uh, safely at 7,300? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, this is, again, where my bias comes in because I am a Cardinal fan. But you did make some really valid points. And at 7,200, there is a lot that can be done with that flexibility if you want to be the guy that, that plays up for Drew Pomerance.
0: Yeah. I think he's in play. I probably won't have a giant stack. Don't get me wrong, but I think Pomerantz is in play. So let's, you know, just do a quick recap. That's all the games. We had 13 games, but I think you going to play the value. I think there's too much value on the slate from a pitching perspective. It starts with Rodriguez, Tanaka, um, Pomerance and Tehran. And then you got Martin Perez, who's going to be kind of forgotten at 6,900, which comes in cheaper. So, That's where I'm going to be targeting most of my pitching. You know, I think you can still go up top. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a spread out slate. There's so much pitching on the slate. Um, And the pricing that FanDuel put out there for you. Like, I want to pitch them all. So, I would love to make multiple lineups, you know, on Friday night. And I would love to get these five value guys in. And then maybe sprinkle in a share of Granky, Kershaw, Verlaine, or DeGrom. But I'm going to be weighted towards the value here. Um, from a hitting perspective, I think Houston is one of the top stacks of this slate. I, I would love to pair them with Boston if I can. If I had my first choice, it'd be you know Houston, Boston, and Atlanta bats up top. I think the sneaky game on the slate is probably this Baltimore Blue Jay uh, game and I think the Nationals um, and the twins and Oakland will be the under you know nobody will have these stacks. Um, because everybody's going to gravitate to the big lineups. But, you know, Washington, Oakland, and Minnesota are your sneaky stacks um, that we can also, you know, get some exposure to. Any finishing touches, Matt?
1: No, that's really it. I mean, that's kind of what we've uh, come to. I wanted to ask you real quick, though. How do you build a lineup, you personally? You sit down, you open up your account. What's the first slot you fill and why?
0: It really depends on the day, you know, so if there's a day where I'm like, I got to stack cores, I go to the bats first and pick the four cores bats that I really, really want. So if it's like a Blackman Nolan um, story doll type of day, whatever the case may be, you know, I really feel strongly about the bats. I'll start there. And then the, on the opposite side of things, if I feel really strongly about a pitcher that I just like, you know what? I'm loading up on this guy. I feel supremely confident, whether he's a value player or, you know, a, a top-end play like a Max Scherzer versus Miami. I'm like, no matter what I do today, I got to get my Max ownership in. He's going to go out there and drop 65 FanDuel points here. So I'll start with Max, and I'll build around that and see. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm into stacking for the most part. Uh, sure. You, you got to kind of do it in some way, you know, whether it's a three-man stack a four-man stack. Don't get me wrong. You can win without stacking, but, you know, typically that's where the winner's land is with stacking. It's either a 4-4, a 4-3-1. And when I mean 4-3-1, it's four guys from one team, three guys from another team, and then a one-off to kind of complete your lineup. Um, So it depends on the slate. This is a tricky slate because there's so many options at pitching. So I'd probably build my team, you know, Friday night based on the stacks I want. And since there's so many options, I'm willing to play probably close to seven, eight of these pitchers, you know, on Friday night. So, like you said, build that I really like And then, you land, you know, in that range of 6900 all the way to some games where I'll have the $11,000 to go to Verlander. And then, just click the final button because I think Verlander can have a great game. I think Martin and Perez can go out there and give you 30 points, so. On a slate like this, I'll go to the bats first because there's so many pitching options. And then a slate where there's Max the top versus Miami, and we got a lot of number twos and number threes going, I might just say, you know what, I'm starting with Max Scherzer, and I'm going to go from there.
1: All right, cool. Some insight into the mad scientist that is the J-bird.
0: So I just want to let everybody know, you know, windailydfs.com, premium subscription, We're doing a cheat sheet. Um, If you see it on the website, me and Wes Anderson, um, two DFS pros, go in and we try to get it up as early as possible once these lineups start sprinkling out. And that cheat sheet is basically our favorite plays at every position. It's a premium-only product, um, and it's been hitting for everybody in Slack. It's been really helpful to kind of gear them and and guide them to the top plays of each slate. At each position, we do a, a top play, a value play, and a punt play at each position and we go three deep on pitching and three deep on outfielders and then every other position we go one um that's been really doing you know really well and then we back it up in our slack channel um that we're all talking sharing thoughts on sports bets prop plays and our dfs lineups for, for twenty dollars a month you know you're getting your value back in just one night of play you know you, you can just try the you know the weekly for five ninety nine. Hop in Slack and talk to the guys. Talk to we got DFS pros in every sport now too: golf, NASCAR, basketball, baseball, um, and we just I don't even know how it's possible. We just added soccer as well, so we have a soccer guy that's going to be starting the European League and you know other stuff that's going on. So we have every sport covered, and once NFL comes around, we have like ten DFS pros for NFL. So that's going to be easy. So. Matt, I appreciate you hanging out with us. Tell your dogs they did a really good job. Besides, yeah. they've been really good. So give them a treat on me. And everybody, you know, have a happy and safe finish to your July 4th. And, you know, have a great July 5th and go on to the weekend with some money.